<laughs> that was you. I'm a marriage. I have plenty of marriages to prove, when you were <laughs> prove that wrong. When you were young. Hey, everyone. We're just talking about bullshit over here on another episode of The Outside Shots with my guy, Eddie Johnson. I'm Saul Bookman. As once again, the world is brought to you by OGs, the best edible in the game. We'll get to that in a little bit. But. Uh, let's talk a little. A little uh, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today, uh, NBA wise. So it's not going to be your typical show. But before we do, as always, we usually start off with some Phoenix Suns talk. Uh, the latest right now, about eight hundred thousand coaches are in the running for this uh, for this coaching search. Apparently, according to three different uh, NBA beat guys, uh, Kevin Young seems to be the the primary focus of a lot of people. Uh, there's rumors that, you know, Bill Simmons has predicted that he'll be the one that ends up getting this coaching job. Uh, Doc Rivers is getting an interview. Frank Vogel's getting an interview. Uh, and then Jordy Fernandez is also getting an interview, I think, which is happening today. So a lot of moving parts. Your assessment of the, the group of candidates um, and, and what they, they offer potentially for the Suns. Well, all coaches, as I'm retreating what you put out, I'm always late doing it. Yeah, it's all good. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and be professional and get it done. Sounds <laughs> uh, an attractive job, man. Yeah. Like, this is an attractive job. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, possibly Chris Paul. I won't say possibly. He's on the roster. I know you're hearing all these things about, you know, what they're going to do with Chris. Well, if Chris is healthy, I still think he's one of the best point guards in the entire NBA. Uh, great fan base. Uh, so many great things right now. New ownership uh, going on in Phoenix. Yeah, it's, a, it's an attractive job. And so I'm not shocked that all these coaches are actually holding up a decision they might make in regards to another team. That's the beautiful part about this right now. You got Milwaukee, the Suns, and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And look at the players that's on all three of those teams. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't get that opportunity at all. Yeah. And, and so I think that's why coaches aren't willing to jump the gun right away because they obviously have a team that they would like to get to. And to, for, this is for me, like – it's not even about these coaches. These coaches that's out there just got fired. Mm-hmm. Some of them. It was, yeah, well, was something going on, yeah. right? That's why they got fired. So you got to dissect all of that. But ultimately, so it's going to come down to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Oh. What okay. they like. That coach has to come in and coach them. Yeah, no. I like, don't. he has to come in and make life easy for them because they struggle to get their shot without duress. Now, they're excellent in two of the best in the league at doing that. But it's got to be a coach that's got a good offensive mindset to be able to make it easy on those guys. Yeah. So they're not overly fatigued come playoff time. And, you know, a lot of them are out there. And, yeah, Kevin Young is one of them. Uh, obviously, he was here as an assistant coach at the Monty. And I like the fact that he's getting interviewed. I, I, I love when assistant coaches get an opportunity to get a job. The retreads <clears throat> sometimes become laborious. So it's always good for assistant coaches to have a chance. You know, uh, so so through your experience, um, I and pardon me for 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 not having this on my brain in terms of your own career. Did you ever play for a first year head coach during your career? Yeah, uh, Jerry Reynolds. Jerry Reynolds was an interim. He took over for uh, Phil Johnson. Phil Johnson got fired in Sacramento. 
and Jerry Reynolds, who from French Lick happens to be a very good friend of Larry Bird's, uh, got the job. And uh, he, I think he was the first coach that I had that was like a first-time coach. Okay. All the other coaches I had were veterans. Okay. So, was there, anything, was there anything different about that experience that 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 maybe you uh, didn't realize uh, was not the norm? Well, I mean, yeah, of course, it's an adjustment factor for anybody new in a job, right? Mm-hmm. You and I just started working together. You were very nervous when we first started working together. You weren't like your combustible self, when <laughs> you know, like you are now. Yeah. Okay. So. You know, I mean, you know I'm going to go at you every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. So it's always tough. Joe Missoula, look what he's dealing with, mm-hmm. right? So but the bottom line is winning. Joe Missoula was an NBA all-star coach, and people want to fire him because he's learning on the job. And, and oh, by the way, not his fault. It falls all the way up to uh, Brad Stevens who actually walked away from a pristine coaching job because he couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And then he brings in Emil Doka, who obviously gets into his situation. And then he has to hurry up and, 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 and give an opportunity to a coach that's in Boston because that's just the way he's thinking. And maybe it is too soon for Joe Mazzula, but I think he did a tremendous job. And now the Boston Celtics on the brink of elimination and people want Joe Mazzula's job. So yeah, it's always difficult. Uh, but again, when you have two iconic NBA players on your team and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, really three. I mean, I, you know, Chris is obviously going to be 38, 39 this year, so we get it. But when you have that type of talent, you should be able to win. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, also, I just want to go on the record right now and say that the Boston Celtics will be the very first team ever to come back from a 3-0 deficit and win a series. Did you say that when they? Uh, did you say that right after they lost the third game? I said that at halftime of Game Three. Yeah, yeah. prisoner of the moment, jump on the bandwagon. See, they you were know, down at halftime. What are you, know you talking what? about? You know what? They were down at half. What? When they were down 3-0, they were down at half. Of game, of game, of game four, four, and I just yeah, felt, I felt down a couple of points. Man. They were still down, Eddie. <laughs> here's where, here's where the, okay. here's where. Do you not agree? You do not agree with I that assessment. Said, went before game four on my mm-hmm. radio show, okay. XM NBA Radio, Monday through Friday, one to four Pacific time. I said that they would win way before that. Okay. Well, congratulations, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> That's how you do it. You don't do it at halftime. Tell him what he's won. You don't do it at halftime after you had about five OGs. Five. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that'd, that'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. I wouldn't be sitting here right now a couple of days later. Um, but no, I, I do think that they'll come back and win this series, to be honest with you. I just, I do feel like at some point, especially now with Martin being out tonight, um, I, I, I do feel like at some point the, the Celtics will just wear them down and, and finally get back up to where they should have been at the beginning of the series. So, But uh, outside of that, I do have one other thing, and Perplex Damage just mentions it here. There are rumors, <laughs> which is so ironic about all this, that Jay Crowder uh, might find his way back to the Suns. There are rumors, obviously. Uh, Jay Crowder... Obviously, uh, had had some issues at the beginning of last season, caused him to be, get traded. Obviously, at the, at the trade deadline uh, to Brooklyn for a, co- a couple picks, and then he gets traded over to Milwaukee from there. Um, interested in Jay Crowder coming back to the Suns? Yeah, I am. 
Yeah. I, I Look, I think Jay did a tremendous job for this team. I thought he was a connector, man. Like from an emotional standpoint, big shot standpoint, you know, not afraid to take the shot, uh, physicality, uh, all those things. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, look, man, this career is short. Like, you know, you can't, as long as you don't burn the bridge, you're good. Jay Crowder didn't burn the bridge. He was just upset that he wasn't going to be a starter and he wasn't going to be a part of a team that he felt that he had a huge role in that made it to the finals. That's all. And so I'm not agreeing with everything that he said or I'm not agreeing with what he did. I think he made a mistake in doing what he did, especially when you're a role guy. Yeah. And so I think he realizes now he made a mistake. Maybe that's why he wants to come back. Because he went to Milwaukee, had a good game against us, and thought everything was going to be really smooth. And that was and all it. of a sudden, he didn't play. Yep. And the one thing about guys I have to understand, like you want to, you go into a team that already have have players that have favor. Like Mike Bootholzer wasn't going to give up the minutes of uh, his key role guys that he already had there for a guy that just got there. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's what you have to be careful with. And I think Jay learned a lesson, man. And and so that's okay. I mean, but he's a very good basketball player. And like I say, he's a very good connector within a team. And so, yeah, I would love to have I, him back. I understand he might not have burned a bridge inside the organization. Um, and I, I don't know if that's I, – obviously you would probably know a little bit more than I would in regard to that. But um, I will say with the fan base itself, the cryptic tweets – the, the tweets in the Instagram post talking about, you know, the truth will come out and blah, blah, blah. Like as if there was this, this big over overarching thing that caused him to not want to play last year and, 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 and so on and so forth. I think that left a very sour taste in a lot of people's mouths um, in terms of his reliability and really his his willingness to contribute to a Suns team that definitely could have used him last year. I, I don't think that's up for debate at all. Like they could have used him uh, if Jay Crowder would have stuck, if we stuck the course, stayed the course, um, he would have been back in that starting lineup. Ironically, because after the Cam Johnson McHale trade, he would have found himself as that other starter, that fifth starter. So it's it's kind of funny how this all kind of came full circle, and now we're talking about the possibility of him coming back. And I think if he comes back this time around, depending on what kind of moves the Suns can make, he could find himself back in the starting lineup, or he would be a valuable piece off that bench. Yeah. So I'm not completely against it. I just don't like the way that he left because I felt like he, he could have handled that much, much better than Well, look, it's a combination of, of obviously money and playing time. He was like in the free agent year. So he knew, I think he looked at going to the bench as a huge negative Mm -hmm. and that he wouldn't be able to make what he would like to make. And I wish like he would have talked to me because I would have told him two things. One, I would have said, you coming off the bench does not guarantee that you won't play in the fourth quarter. Yep. You coming off the bench does not guarantee that you'll wind up starting again because Cam Johnson had a history of not being able to complete a full season without injury. Nothing on Cam Johnson is just a fact. Yeah. So, or Cam Johnson starting to struggle and Monty says, you know what, Cam, we're going to bring you off the bench now and we'll put Jay in. You, you just, like, I would have taken it as a challenge and said, okay, let's do it. And I lived it. Case in point. I started for the Suns before Cotton took over. 
Now, I had come off the bench in Sacramento before they traded for me, so that was my adjustment there. But when I got to Phoenix, I was starting. Average 18 points a game. You know, thought I was playing very well. Obviously being mentored by the great Walter Davis that year and Alvin Adams. I mean, I had a tremendous year. We didn't win any games, though. But personally, I thought I played well. But when Cotton took over the job, Cotton said, Eddie, you're going back to the bench. And I was like, well, let's just get to training camp and let's see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, that's my but idea. what it did, I went to training camp, and I'm not saying anybody outplayed me, but I understood why he wanted me to come off the bench mm -hmm. because we had just signed Tom Chambers and we had Kevin Johnson. And he didn't want three guys out there at the beginning of a game hunting their shots. Mm -hmm. And so I got it, and I embraced it, and I won sixth man of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought that was – like Jay was too emotional in his decision. And I think now after this year he's gone through, if he looks back on it, he probably would have said, man, I should have showed up, played out, and, and had an opportunity to still make some money, make a good contract, and we could have some success. And yeah. so I think he'll look back on his career and he'll say that was a blip that, you know, he, he, he didn't make the right decision. Sure, sure. Well, hey, uh, you know, we all make mistakes, uh, and I'm sure the fan base would would get over it quickly uh, if Jay was to to find his way back to Phoenix because he was loved. Fan up, favorite, uh, uh, yeah, he was a fan that's favorite. That's why they were mad him. at him. Yeah, exactly. That's that's and what so, I would tell Jay. They, they were mad at you, man, because they missed you. Just like Oklahoma City fans booed KD when he came back to Oklahoma City. They yeah. only booed him because they missed him. They loved him. They didn't boo anybody else that came back there to play for them. They probably yeah. cheered. Yeah. Yeah, you're not here anymore. <laughs> so when people boo you and get mad at you, they love you. True, true. Like when you get mad at me, I, I know you love me. Okay. Uh, you know what, what What I didn't get mad at was uh, the Lakers getting swept. I'm never going to be mad about that. Uh, and uh, LeBron uh, had a good game in game four. Why has it got to be Lee swept? What? Le swept. Why? He had 40. He had, he, look, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what would have happened. So why is it why why couldn't it be AD swept? Ah, heavy is the crown that we all wear when we're at oh, the top, no, right? No, no, no. What I'm saying to you is, <laughs> but he balled out. He had 30 in the first half. Yeah. How yeah. could you say Le Swept? Yo, man? yeah. He was fantastic in the Le first Swept. half. I mean, remember how how remember just how, a few minutes ago I said that I made the prediction that the Celtics would come back from the series at halftime of game four when the Celtics were down. But that's not good enough because, it, you know, hey, it wasn't before the game or it wasn't during the first half. LeBron has 30 in the first half, which means he only had 10 in the second, and he didn't even get the game-winning shot off. And – uh I just think it's funny. Listen, he's the he's the face of the franchise. He's gonna get burned no, no matter what. Face of the NBA. Uh, okay, All right. he's still the face of the NBA, okay. not the franchise. Well, yeah. Listen, I, I will say this about LeBron's uh, Lakers. I thought they did a very good job of getting to that point. I did not think that they would get swept, uh, which honestly makes the Suns look really, really good right now because they are the only team to get two wins against the Nuggets. Uh, they might be the only team to get two wins against the Nuggets in these playoffs because the Nuggets um, are just that good of a team right now. They are playing, uh, they're clicking all, all cylinders. Uh, the Lakers, when you look at LeBron, and I, I'm going to put LeBron, obviously LeBron is, is statistically and, and, you know, by all accounts, playing at a higher level 
to some degree than Chris Paul, but I think they both are suffering from the same, same affliction in terms of age finally catching up to them. Uh, it's not the stats. They can produce stats. That's not the issue. The issue is, can they turn it on and take over a game when you need it the most, especially in that fourth quarter? And to some degree, with LeBron specifically, I did not see that, um, especially against the Nuggets in this series. He was not able to turn it on when he needed it the most, struggled from three, um, you know, and just didn't look like the same dominant player in the fourth quarter that he has been his entire career. He's 38 years old. Like, uh, I played till I was 40. But trust me, I was done at 37. I just got the three extra years and, you know, get a couple more of them dollars. <laughs> That's about it. Hey, but 38 years old, man. His numbers before he hurt his foot, he was dropping 50s Yeah, at 38. I just want you to understand that. The reason he couldn't close, because he was playing on one leg. He was injured. You can tell he was. When he got injured, he was dropping 50s and 40s and 35s. He was on a serious roll. Hurt his foot. And that explosiveness never came back. Mm -hmm. That was part of his issue. The other part is he had to exhaust too much energy early in games because AD, you didn't know what you want to get from him. And so, yeah, when you get 38 years old, you run out of gas. Now, LeBron's out of gas is still like the best of most people can get, can give. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in that kind of shape. But it was pretty obvious, man. Yeah, father time is going to catch up to you. You're not going to beat father time. And so, yeah, I think he did get fatigued. I thought he got fatigued dropping the 30 in the first half. But what he was trying to do was make sure that they didn't get a big lead. So he came out like it was the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, what did he do? He came out and he started to see if he can get other guys involved. That's all he did. It wasn't like he was missing shots. He wasn't even taking shots because he was trying to get Reeves involved. He wanted to get AD involved. And what did they do? They missed like four or five layups. They were up 15. They missed five layups in the first three or four minutes and then Denver turned it around. And then after that, that elephant gets heavy on you, man. And so, yeah, LeBron is on borrowed time right now, but his borrowed time still, as you said, produced stats and, and, and produced a lot of other stuff too. Chase down blocks when he has it in him. Uh, I thought he defended well. I thought he, he and Rui Hachimura defended Jokic better than AD. Mano, mano. Mm-hmm. AD was very good off the ball. I mean, he was the best defender in the series off the ball. But, yeah, I mean, LeBron needs help, man. Like, he can't do it like he used to. So, I think if you understand basketball and you do, you played that little whack jumper you had. You know, I mean, you know. (laughs) Well, we have another person that has an opinion on LeBron James, and I thought it was quite fascinating that you sent this to me, Eddie. I watched the Laker game last night. And I must say, the bus is upset. I thought the Lakers was going to win one. But they got the brooms put on them. That was the brooms right there. And so I discovered that LeBron, you not that, bro. I'm sorry. I I, I can't hate to say it. Uh, I, I, you, you are a stat sheet junkie. You a bad boy when it comes to stats. 
throughout history, people are going to, you know, the little nerds are going to look up your stat line and they're going to say, he got to be the greatest player that ever played the game. And, and people who actually play are going to know that is bullshit. I have never seen a guy of your caliber, a supposed caliber, you don't even get a shot off. <laughs> First of all, I just, the irony, the irony that uh, Kwame Brown is the one talking all this shit. Uh, when he was drafted basically by the Wizards and Michael Jordan uh, and was probably one of the biggest busts in NBA history, if you want to call it that. <sighs> I, I, I don't like the fact that Kwame Brown said it. <laughs> I don't disagree with some of the things that he said. Okay, we'll get into that. But go Don't ahead. You disagree I, I know, I know you, you feel very adamantly about responding Kwame to Kwame Brown is a farmer now. <laughs> A big seven foot two farmer. Now I love farmers. Don't get come on, man. I mean, you the farmers in this world are some of the most important people that we ever have in regards to humans because of what you do. So I'm not hitting on the farming industry. I'm just hitting on the fact now he's a very good farmer at seven foot because he was a really bad basketball player. The number one pick in the NBA, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest overall player in the history of the game. Your boy, yeah, yeah. picked him. Let's go. Picked him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Great, hey. great, great eyesight there. Hey, one. hey. Uh, great, great player. Yeah. Horrible, hey. horrible Jackson decision maker. Convince him that John Paxson was open for two <laughs> minutes before he decided to give it to him, and Paxson did a jumper to help him win the title. Okay, Steve Kerr had to beg him on the bench to throw on the ball. He finally threw it to him. No, man, Utah. Steve Curry just told him he was going to be open, and but he, he was. Had to, but he had to beg him. He just told him, hey, I'm going to be he open. I'm going to be ready. Him. I'm going to be ready. And he he had to beg him. Michael Jordan drafted Kwame Brown, people. Oh, I'm not blaming this on Michael Jordan, because you know why? I would have drafted him. Have you seen the body on Kwame Brown? No. Kwame Brown might have the second best body. Well, he's up there. He's up there with... The best bodies in the history of the game. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna throw my boy Kevin Willis in there. My boy Kevin. Oh yeah. Willis. I'm not gonna beast. put myself in there, but I was kind of, I was kind of ripped. Okay. But not like Kevin Willis. Ripped, no, no, no. That's, that's I'm not oh, in that yeah. category. I'm below <laughs> all these guys. I'm getting ready to mention. Okay. My boy Kevin Willis. He's still ripped right now. There you go. Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, unreal body. Dwight Howard. Yes. Still ripped. Yes. LeBron. Mm-hmm. I give you that. Kwame's there. Oh. <laughs> Did you see Kwame when he came in the league? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, school, just yeah. seven foot tall. That's why they drafted him. Because yeah. he's there in high school dunking on guys, kids in high school because he got drafted out of high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's dunking on these kids in high school. And you know these kids in high school, half of them don't even want to play basketball. They're on the team so they can get a girlfriend, okay? <laughs> so mommy and daddy forced them to play or bought their way on the team. You know, gave the coach a little maybe rent or whatever, and he playing their kid. I know this happens, uh, so don't tell me it don't. Okay, so that's who he playing with. Okay, he playing with little Johnny. Okay, who whose mom and dad up in the stand scared to death for their son's life because this big seven foot two Herculean looking dude is dunking on their kid. Yeah, he gets drafted into the NBA. Kwame Brown, number one pick, walked across the stage. When he walked across the stage, I was like, damn, that dude, because I never saw him in high school. Okay. I'm like, woo, he can play. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. I saw that dude play at first game. I said, you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Kwame, from day one, it, I'm not, look, I'm not hitting on, look, yeah, I'm a LeBron fan, but I'm not hitting on you because of that. I've been, I've been saying this about you forever. When I first saw you play, I knew you were stiff. I knew you couldn't play. Now, I can say it about a lot of guys that played in the league. You weren't the only one. But I knew you were stiff. All right? And you proved the point to me. Well, forget about everybody else. 4,000 career points in 12 years. 4,000 in 12 years. I got 4,000 in about two years. LeBron's got close to 4,000 in one year. <laughs> okay? Six, re- five, well, no, five rebounds a game. You big seven-foot stiff. If you're not shooting the ball, you can't go rebound? And you got the nerve to dissect what a, the all-time leading score in the history of the game, a guy that has the most game-winning shots, it is documented, in the history of the game. Okay, he's seven for twelve. Played for twenty years, of course he has. No, 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 no. Seven for twelve. You don't get that many opportunities below five seconds. Okay, the closest to him only has two. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he has the most game-winning shots, but yet he can't produce. Wait, 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 Game-winning shots in the playoffs or in total? Play, I think it's playoffs. Okay. All okay. Right. All right. So, so, so my point to you is just because, look, and I love Kobe. Miss Kobe dearly. Okay? Love Michael. But all of a sudden, being a ball hog, and that's what they both were. They were great ball hogs. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but they were ball hogs. If I'm open at 15 feet, and Michael pulls up, and he got two dudes hanging on him, and I'm open for 15. Splatow. That's a ball hole. <laughs> because if he and I got in the gym and we shot from 15 feet, I'd wear his ass out. I just want to. Because want, that's what I did. I just it, hold, it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it for a second. <laughs> that's what I did. That's how I got my 19,202. Okay. He wasn't a better shooter than me. So if I'm open for 15, he got two dudes hanging on him. That's a bad shot. And he's missed a lot of those. Kobe missed the most shots in the history of the game. Okay? Kobe missed a ton of shots late. But all people see is the ones he made. Come on, man. This is a team game. It's not tennis. And the reason Michael start winning is because he start passing the damn ball. The reason Kobe start winning is he start trusting Powell Gasol after Shaq left. Don't want to hear it. LeBron deferred. You're supposed to defer to a dude that can make the shot. Y'all need to get off of that stuff, man. This is basketball, man. It's not tennis. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's not tennis. I was you, literally about you, to you I was literally about player. to I was literally about to say the exact same thing you just said because on that game winning shot by LeBron, you know who the fuck is wide open? Anthony Davis sitting right there. There's not a soul within 15 feet of him, but he took it to the hole, got stuck, couldn't get the shot off. Game over. That's why this, that's that's a microcosm of why so the Lakers you trust are going home. Anthony Davis taking a 20 footer, a wide if open you, shot. No, he couldn't make him. He wasn't making shots if you gave him. LeBron wasn't making shit in the second half anyway. What but does it matter? Does it matter? 
What did what did LeBron do? What what do people always say that he shouldn't do late in the game? Pass. Take a jumper. They always say don't take a three, LeBron. Don't do that. Do what you do at the top of your game. What is that, Saul? Say that again, sorry. Drive the damn ball. <laughs> and he's as good as anybody in the history of the game at driving the ball. Yeah. Give Denver credit. Jamal Murray got a hand on it, which he never does. Got his hands on it. And he still didn't take it. LeBron was still strong enough to take it away. But Aaron gave Aaron Gordon enough time to get over there. Sort of like what... When J.R. Smith challenged Iguodala on on the on the game winning, well, it wasn't game winning, but the layup on in the 2016, yep. mm-hmm. it gave LeBron a little time to catch him and block it. Yeah, it was perfect time defense, and so it was a great play by Denver. But LeBron did exactly what he's supposed to do: drive the ball. Most people say he won't drive it because they say he's scared to go to the free throw line. Well, he didn't, he didn't think that way. He drove the ball to win the game. He only had four seconds, Saul. You act like he had a ton of time. If he had thrown it to Anthony Davis the way he was playing, look, look, look. Anthony Davis would have been like, <laughs> my God. ball would have hit his hand and, and bounced somewhere. My- what if that would have happened? He threw the ball to Anthony Davis. Okay? Then, look, then Anthony Davis I'm takes a question. I'm actually a question. I, well, I know exactly what you're about question. to say. Yes. If he had thrown the ball to Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. okay, and Anthony Davis missed, mm-hmm. What would people have said? LeBron should have shot it. Thank you. You cannot win. So what you do is you do what you do well. He did what he did well. No, no, and, no, no. And Kwame no, Brown, no, no. Our, no, no. our resident farmer analyst. No, I'm not letting you off the hook. No. He drove and didn't even get a shot off. So they he blocked didn't it. Even, I don't care. I don't care. What do you mean you don't throw care? Throw it up backwards or something. The time's running out. You got to do something. He you did can't... try to throw it up, and he, Aaron Gordon oh blocked God. the no, shot. No, he did not. He didn't even get the ball up. Aaron Gordon blocked No, he did not. He did. He oh got a finger. My he did block the ball. What are you talking oh about? Oh, my goodness. Aaron Gordon blocked it. Oh, my what gosh. What the are you looking at? No, I will pull this up right now. He blocked it. Aaron Gordon I, I, blocked it. After the it. buzzer. No, he, he blocked it. He didn't get the it. shot off before. He blocked it. Oh, the league even came out and said it was no foul on the play. Well, so I mean, was okay, no foul. So right? he blocked the shot. Okay, all right, all right. What, what were you looking at? I, maybe I was. Maybe I was. Yeah, on OGs. He, yeah, like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I was on maybe. OGs. Maybe. Maybe you. Maybe you <laughs> start doing the OGs at halftime <laughs> because you thought the Lakers would win. <laughs> and, then, and then you could get some OGs as well. Go check out ogsbrands.com. Uh, the best in the game, best edible in the game. And I swear, if you go to any dispensary. Uh, it's it's very hard to find because they sell out quickly, uh, and they always have specials. Yesterday, they, I think, or two actually two days ago, they had a, a fantastic buy one get one special at a lot of dispensaries. So check it out, ogsbrands.com. You must be twenty one and over, uh, and enjoy. So don't let me off. What do you mean, don't let me off? Uh, Bobby Kirby. I mean, you got two first names. I mean, really. You got two first names, and you gonna come in here and tell somebody? Look, you don't let me off, then. I don't know what 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 do you what do you want me to say? I told you the truth. I told you the truth. And see, I, I have a love hate relationship with this whole thing. Okay, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a LeBron fan. Okay, You're so right. I'm stuck in the middle. And so my point is, I don't care that they lost, but it, I love him to do well because he is my favorite. Not my favorite player, you know, but he's one of my favorite sure. players. And, and so, I mean, yeah. So I do want him to do well, especially since we were out. Yeah, I would love for him to shut up you haters. Without a doubt, I would. 
Yeah. And you're right. Aaron Gordon blocked the shot. Then he got the ball back and then time expired. So you're right. You're right about that. Still, it wasn't a good shot. Um, <laughs> man, left-handed uh, by nature. He's driving left. Let's <laughs> and Jamal, Jamal Murray made a good play, man. I mean, the Nuggets, the Nuggets dominated the Lakers. Uh, in, they all did. Fa- in all facets of the they game. They did. I but, will say this too, also to kind of d- defend a lot of things that are going on right now. Um, you know, I, I think <clears throat> obviously ESPN's kind of getting roasted right now, and deservedly so, because the Suns fans have been on this train for a while about how the Lakers, the Knicks, get all of this love despite the fact that they're mid teams. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not they're not, you know, the number one, two, right. three seeds in the NBA. They get all this love, they get all this shine about what's wrong with them or how they can be fixed. Meanwhile, you have teams like the Suns, the Nuggets, that are thriving. That are that are playing great basketball, and nobody ever talks about them. And I'm glad that now it's so obvious, and it's so. And this is this is going back to my LeBron point. I think LeBron gets a lot of heat because he just does some things that you're like, why? Why would you do this? For instance, the Nuggets win the Western Conference Finals. It's their first trip to the NBA Finals ever, uh, and instead, in the moment. ABC ESPN cuts to LeBron going to the sidelines uh, cuts to AD going to the sidelines because it's like, you know, whatever. And then afterwards, uh, LeBron hints that he might retire, which completely steals the shine from what the Denver Nuggets just did. And to me, as an old head in the game, you should know better than that. Give them their shine. Then you come back maybe a day or two later, say what you want to say, whatever. But he didn't. He didn't. That wasn't a pro move. He he but, stole the sh- the spotlight for himself, which he typically does a lot of times, and that's why there's a lot of people that are not LeBron fans. I will say that. You know what? It's a lot of great actors in Hollywood. Like they might not even be the major actors in the movie, but they can do a cameo role, and you'll go spend your damn money just to see them in the cameo role. I guarantee you. If you put Denzel, you know, or I stand in for him, if you put him in a movie and he's only in there for a short period of time, I see what you, you might lean more toward going to see that movie just because, and knowing that he's only in there for a few minutes. Like, that's how great LeBron is and that's how polarizing he is. Like, the emotion that he is going to show from losing was more important to everybody that was watching to the emotion of happiness that Denver had. And and that's just the nature of sports, man. Like when you have a guy that's dominated in this era of, of basketball and they fall, you want to put the camera on them first and then you're going to gravitate. That's just the nature of the beast. Is it fair? I think it is because I think people wanted to see his reaction. I think people wanted to see his reaction and failure. So I don't understand why you have an issue with that. You know, because I don't give a Denver, shit about his reaction Denver, in that but, moment. But, 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 but my point is, Denver is new to the block. Now, Jokic will get to a point where years from now, if he can <clears> win a few championships, they're going to do that to him. Like, he is going to be the central figure in what is going on. The New York Knicks is the mecca of basketball. They're always going to be the one that the league wants to be up there because of what they mean in regards to basketball, the Boston Celtics, uh, the Lakers. I mean, these are the teams that's won most championships. 
I agree with you. It, it could be unfair, but I think the parity in the league now is is getting to a point where now we're starting to be happy with what's going on. An eighth seed has a chance to go to the finals. An eighth seed upsets two top teams in one year before they get to the finals, and that's the Miami Heat. I think people are appreciating that. But I think if Boston loses tonight, I guarantee you the camera is going to go to Jason Tatum first. Boom. I mean, that's. I mean, mean, you got Jimmy Butler on the other side, so it might it might counter. It might not, but you know, I mean, I think people want to see that, you know, and I don't know. I got you, but but I agree with you. I think Denver gets pushed back because of that. But you know what? Denver ain't won nothing yet, man. Oh, I know. They haven't won anything yet, and these Denver Nuggets fans out there talking all that smack. You better show up and win, whoever it is, and you better hope it's not Boston. Because if Boston finds a way to get out of this series, you got problems. You got problems because they'll do the one thing that nobody's ever done in NBA history. Come yeah. back from 03. Yeah. It's true. So if I was you, take these off days to enjoy and stop <laughs> running around thinking that it's all said and done. It's not. Yeah. It's not. <clears throat> um, before we go, we're going to touch on this real quick. Um, the John Morant story um i think obviously with the guns the last couple times he's gonna serve some time in terms of uh you know he'll, he'll be suspended we just don't know uh for how long yet but he'll be suspended to start the season i think that's at the very bottom of the list now because of what happened yesterday um cryptic tweets uh just kind of saying you know bye to his parents and bye to like and it just did not seem like john moran is 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 not in a healthy place right now I, I don't think that, that that that's really up for speculation. Uh, I think he's going through it, whatever it is. Um, he's trying to figure it out. And uh, I, I just want to say that I hope he, find, he, he finds it. And I hope he gets the help that he needs. Um, I think what he went through earlier in the season was probably some kind of microwave therapy session. And he doesn't need that. He probably needs something that's a little bit more substantial um, to, to get his mind right and get, get his focus back to where, <clears throat> you know, he worked so hard to get to this point. And then now it's, you know, it's, it's in limbo as to what his NBA future is going to look like because of the things that he's doing. And so um, I think this, is, this has gotten past the point of, like, ridicule in terms of a player and his conduct. I think this is more of, a, of an issue of, 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 of an individual and a young individual at 23 years old, uh, mega millionaire, um, going through some, some things that a lot of us cannot relate to. Yeah. And the pressure that it comes with, and how to deal with those kind of things, and I'm very empathetic to that. And I and I hope he finds his way. I think everybody should be empathetic to that. And and most people have gone through what John Morant is going through, not the situation with mm-hmm. guns and all that, but you've gone through it. And you know, I've not been shy about saying that I suffered depression at one point of time in my thirties and it was disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I got, I got myself out of it. I did. And the real, the way I got myself out of it is <clears throat> I decided to leave the NBA <clears throat> and people didn't know that I decided to leave the NBA. I was playing in Charlotte and that's when it hit home on me because I didn't enjoy my experience in Charlotte. Uh, I thought I was being misused. I thought I was getting older. I was just going through a lot of different things. And I had a very difficult year. And I, I've always been a social drinker. 
but I had stepped that up past social. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't to the point where I was out of control with it. I wasn't driving or doing anything crazy, but me personally, I knew I wasn't myself. Yeah. And so I decided without even telling my wife, I said, I'm going, you know, Greece called. I was a free agent. I had NBA teams trying to sign me. I wouldn't do it. My agent was like, Eddie, what's going on? And I said, you know what? I want to take a trip overseas and see how it is. And I went over there. I knew I was going to stay. And I stayed. And I stayed for an entire year. And I recalibrated myself. I felt loved. I felt like I belonged. Uh, my basketball game improved. They worked with me. And when I came back to the NBA, I was a new person. Mm. So, and I, I, so, but my situation was like, I handled it myself because I had been there before. My brother passed when I was young. I went through it then. So I knew how to get out of it. I don't know if John knows how. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need help. Yeah. He's sending us these messages and whatever he can say, whatever he wants, that message was disturbing. That message was disturbing. Not I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my daughter. Dubai. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you're back to your people. Like your back was to them. Bye. Like you're walking away. Like you're going away. And when I saw that, I worry. I'm like, no, he's sending messages. Yeah. And then, you know, the police go to his house and they say, well, he's okay. No, no, no. When you're contemplating that, and I never contemplated that, but when you're contemplating that, you're not going to tell people. Like, you're not, if somebody approaches you mm -hmm. and say, hey, man, you think about, you go, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Case in point, I just read something the other day. 18 year old kid. Went to his sister's wedding. They said he's dancing, having a good time. Everything's going well. He's in a good mood. After the wedding, went home and hung himself. Mm -hmm. You just don't know. Yeah. Good friend of mine I play golf with. You know, I mean, just lost his son. Not to that situation, but young people right now making decisions and doing things you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Like you have to pay attention to, and if you don't, then you'd be sitting up to my always too late. John Morant right now is screaming help. He's been screaming help with doing the things that he's doing and filming himself in a strip club. Then knowing that if he picks up a gun, his friend has a camera that it might somehow gravitate to him. He's sending messages, man. Mm. And I think people need to hold on to him and, and, and grab this kid, man, and work with him because I'm worried. And it's getting ready to, the hammer's getting ready to come down even harder now, so. Yeah, yeah. Because the league is going to suspend him. Yeah. To what level, we don't know. But when that happens, that's another 10, 15, 20 million out of his pocket, and he's already lost probably close to 50 to 60 million over the last few months. <clears throat> yeah, he's lost up to $39 million so far. In individual, but no, then he lost the, the, the endorsement. Yeah. yeah. So he, I don't know what they were paying him. I guarantee they were paying him a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So he's lost a lot of money on top of that. Yeah. And, you know, and so it, this is not this is not good. No. And, uh, and so just the police going to his house and making everybody feel, oh, you know, he said he's okay. I'm not buying that. Yeah. 
No, I want to hear his parents say it. Yeah, I, I I hope that the people that surround him, and I, and I mean the 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 people that truly truly care about him, and not what he's not not what he represents to them. So his parents, mm-hmm. his family, uh, his closest friends, um, you know, support him and, and help him get to that to that point where um, he can he can get some help um, and effective help. Uh, not just, you know, we're just not checking boxes. We're actually going through some of these these issues that maybe he has. And and listen, it's it's very important. And there's always been the stigma about men getting mental health uh, help and things of that nature. Um, and it, it, there is no to me, there is no shame in that. Like, you know, we've all been through things at, at different levels. You're human. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, you're you're absolutely right. And I think the most important part, like I said, is just that he gets the help that he needs. Um Outside of that, uh, we'll move on. Uh, there's no easy way to transition into uh, a fun event that's happening tomorrow. So I'm just going to just start. Uh, tomorrow, the Keep It 100 tournament. Uh, if you haven't signed up, today is the last day to sign up. Uh, we start shotgun start tomorrow, 7.30. My guy EJ is going to be out there. I'll be out there. Frank Sanders will be out there. It'll be a fun time. We almost, I think we got like three spots left uh, if you have a foursome. So sign up. Get sign out there. Up. We got... A polo shirt that's an exclusive pins and aces polo shirt that everybody gets when they get out there so it's gonna be a fun time so come check it out it'll be fun uh, dobson again, ranch dobson ranch yep dobson ranch so outside you of that want to tell everybody you want i know you did it at the end of the show last week hmm. and you kind of snuck away you want to tell everybody what happened to you a couple of weeks ago oh you mean when we played yeah yeah all right eddie beat me by three strokes 93 to 90. Hey, what are you gonna do? No, 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 no. What are we talking about? No, 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 no. We play match play. I don't, I don't play stroke play. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I normally will shoot. You know. You beat me in skins. What was the What was the What was the end? Up to then, I don't even care about my strokes when I play you. It's just beating you and just dominating you. That's all. Because I play match play. Okay. He yeah, does know he's count, on your team Don't start counting right? strokes. Don't start counting strokes yeah. right now, dude. Because yeah. if you want to play stroke play, we can do that. <laughs> you were you beat me ninety three to ninety. That was the that was the stroke no, play. No, but no, 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 no. We play match play. Oh yeah. When I, I know, play match I know play, that. I don't care about my stroke. That, All I fine. care about is beating you on that particular I got you. hole. I got you. And then if I if I if I blow up and don't beat you, I don't I don't even concentrate past that. I don't okay. even care. All right. But if you want to play stroke play, then we can go there. Just know that I dominated you, and you'll never beat me again. Dominated. You barely beat me, Eddie. You never had you a act- chance. You didn't oh have a chance. I, I was ahead of you from the beginning. Let me tell you something. You were not ahead of me at the beginning. Yeah, I was. Yes, I was. You'll oh never beat me again. <laughs> Ever. Ever. You had your okay. day in the sun. All right. This is what's going to happen. This is, you this had is, your day in the sun, dude. You will never beat this me again. This is going to happen. Okay? Ever. This summer, at some point, we're, I'll let you decide the course. We'll play at least no, no, five no. more rounds. No. But, but, and at least five rounds There is the not a chance in hell that I won't beat you again this summer. There's not me. a chance. You won't beat not me. Not a chance. You won't beat me, dude. Not a chance. I own you. <laughs> um, Eddie's on my team tomorrow, so that's going to be Gratitude, fun. Gratitude, baby. <laughs> Gratitude. Tell them where they can find you uh, today at 1 o'clock. Okay. Check me out today, NBA Today Show, 1 o'clock Pacific time. We're on 1 to 4, Monday through Friday. Eddie Johnson and my co-host, I don't say his name. I'll be nice to Justin Termini, okay? Uh, best show on Sirius XM, all NBA talk for three hours 
You can catch the PHNX Sun Show today at 3 o'clock as well. It'll be Gerald, Espo, and Lindsay. I'm off today. Until next time, we'll see you next week. Have Later. fun. Be safe. Peace out. <laughs>